Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. You're listening to the award winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Featuring business leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to become known as a trusted authority while building a thriving business you love? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Here's your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Now, my guest today says, believe in the power of your story to change the world. And I absolutely agree with her. And joining me on today's show is Bridget Cook-Birch. Now, clients call her the book whisperer. And Bridget is a New York Times and WSJ bestselling author. She is a mentor, a humanitarian and speaker known for riveting transformational stories that have been showcased on Oprah, on Dateline, on CNN, on GMA, NPR, and in People Among Others. Now, she is the founder of Your Inspired Story, and she helps others to discover the power of their own story. So to help you today to uncover the power of your story, Bridget's going to share how storytelling skills can make global contributions. She's going to talk about three ways that you can vitalize your storytelling to recognize how the power of your story can change the world, as well as why it's vital to captivate and conspire with your audience for a meaningful win-win. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It's just wonderful to be here. I appreciate it. You are so welcome. The power to change the world. It's interesting, isn't it? I'm sure you've had many conversations with your clients and others who maybe don't recognize the power of their story and how it can shape, how it can influence culture, someone's life, yet many hold back from sharing that. I'm sure you've had many conversations like that, yes? Oh, yes, many. As a matter of fact, um, we've been watching in world news recently how story can really affect us on a global culture or in times of war in different countries. And so imagine just on a personal basis how that it can be affected, the way that we share it, the way that we choose to share it, what energy we use, how much truth we tell. There's so much to story. It's amazing. And yes. when, when clients start to get an idea of that, especially entrepreneurs, when they start to get an idea of, I can be more effective in sales, yes, but there's this huger impact that I like to call a movement that you're able to do as well. Mm. You know, as we are starting to recognize that there's more and more power in the area of, of storytelling, and thank goodness there are many people who are, and I'm going to use the word courageously and boldly sharing their story, particularly the personal stories. And I'd love for you, and I know you're going to dive deep into a number of other areas, but for people who are listening to you today and thinking, you know, I do have a story to tell 
But as part of that, I need to be vulnerable and I need to be willing to share some of those stories. It can be the requirement that we have to be a little bit bold, we have to be a little bit courageous in sharing that. What would you say to someone who has an incredible story yet still is a little bit hesitant to share it? Well, what I would say is there is great power in your vulnerability. And it is a scary thing. I call it, you're filleting yourself like a fish out on paper for everyone to see you in your guts and your glory. I would also love to share that that is where we resonate as human beings from one person to another, is in our failings, in our frailties, in our overcomings. And, you know, we like to show like, you know, here I am, I'm rising, I'm triumphant. But if if you only show a certain degree of that triumph, then it, to the reader, it's not magnificent. Whereas you are willing to share some of your lows, especially dark night of the soul lows, then your rise is truly magnificent. And that's what I love to be able to tell clients, because all of a sudden they're looking at their stories and they're like, but I don't want to, I don't want to share this. But as soon as they see it in that broader spectrum, then it's like, aha, you're right. I don't like stories that are, you know, little unicorns and rainbows at the very end when you don't understand what a person has been through or lived through, how they came to have the ideals, the morals, the values, the principles that they carry. And so in the vulnerability, in the seeds of your darkness lie the, or I should say, in your darkness lie the seeds of your greatest glory. Yes. And not just in story, but in the whole spectrum of your world. I love that. Love, love, love that. So let's talk about storytelling skills can make global contributions. What are some of these storytelling skills that we need to be mindful of? Well, um, one thing is to use vernacular um, that people can absolutely understand. And so I am effusive in all kinds of words and vocabulary. But it's important for you to be thinking of uh, who is your avatar? You know, as, as entrepreneurs, we're often thinking of that. Like, who am I Who am I reaching out to? Who am I deeply impacting? So if your avatar is a child, then you would be using child language. If your avatar is a teenager, you would be using language that would be delicious vernacular um, uh, colloquialisms, but something that would spark their fire. Most entrepreneurs, we're, we're reaching other entrepreneurs. And so what are the phrases? What are the, the things that are not trite, that don't sound like everyone else? They sound like you. They're phrases that you use to inspire and motivate and educate and inspire. And be sure to use that. If you're highly academic, you're going to want to be careful to bring it down to a level that your avatar or your layperson can truly understand. You know, if you're an engineer and you're talking to other engineers, well, then so be it. Utilize that language, but maybe even bring it down a notch so that it is universally understood among engineers who can then take it, um, spread the word, tell people about your book. So that's that's one particular thing. The other thing is, is, as we mentioned, there are rises and falls. And you mentioned that some people have a very vulnerable story, and that happens to be one of my specialities. So I've written about a former skinhead who changed his life, the daughter of a serial killer, how she was able to overcome that skeleton in her closet, the 
the 19th wife of 65 women, um, the sculptor of the Statue of Responsibility who was enslaved and abused as a child. So there's all of these things where people have rises and falls and um, a lot of difficulty in their life before they became such preeminent leaders, such incredible forces of nature and movements. And so one thing to recognize is to make sure that your language is not low, low, low all the time, that you that you give your reader reprieve, that you give them something to hope for. So you have your rises. This is where your spark, your fire, maybe your rebelliousness, um, but, but a part of you that said, I am so much more than this, and you begin to rise. And we call this a tri-fail cycle. So you begin to rise, you don't completely rise, you have a fail, but then you rise again and you show us how and you show how skill sets that you learned along the way are able to translate into something greater. So those are important storytelling pieces. And sometimes um, there are entrepreneurs that, that don't wish to appear over proud. And I think it's wonderful if you are a humble leader. The thing of that's really, really important in storytelling is to recognize that if you leave on a low, because let's just say you're really successful and everybody ought to know you're successful, but you leave on a low, then wherever you leave them is where they believe that you are consciously or unconsciously. So don't neglect your rise. Really important that speaking on a stage or writing in a book or putting your blog together that you address pain, you address issues, but you always, always address the rise because inherently readers, entrepreneurs, we are looking for the bigger win. We're always looking for the win. And so it's important for you to share it. Yes, yes. What I love about what you're saying too is that, you know, sometimes as we're sharing our story, we can, through the lessons that we've learned, really impart some insights that we've learned along the way, but also open up the possibility of having others to question. You know, one of the core values that I have, and, and it wasn't necessarily anything that I pinpointed, but just who I am, is very curious. I always want to know, well, why? What's going on behind that? What's the behind the scenes, behind the scenes, if, if you will. And so, you know, as one of the things that I often will do is also pose a couple of questions to have some dialogue and even for people to, well, what do I think about this? You know, and that can sometimes be something that we do as well. And so, you know, what I'm hearing you say is that there's no one formula and one size that fits all. It very much is dependent on who we are and how we want to contribute to the conversation. And then, of course, our audience, what resonates you know, better uh, with them. Let's talk about vitalizing your storytelling. What are some things, I think you want to share three ways that we can vitalize our storytelling. Uh, what are some of those things that uh, you want to share? Beautiful. Well, number one, I would say believe it. Because oftentimes authors will come, even if they are CEO levels, they've been, you know, the vernacular kicking butt and taking names for a long time. And yet when it comes to putting their, their life, their lessons on paper, at times they even question their self, you know, who am I to tell a story? Someone's already done this before. They've already shared these particular principles before. And it's easy for us to question, believe that you have an impact, 
go back to a time when you told your story to one of your staff or one of your consultants or one of your clients or constituents and what did they get out of that? You being vulnerable and then sharing your rise. So number one, you've got to believe it yourself because if you don't believe it, you won't put it on paper as if you believe it and you probably will never get your book done and you probably won't take the opportunity. You might sabotage yourself on stages and other platforms because you'll be like, ah, I don't know that I have something to say. Everyone has an extraordinary story. It's in learning how to tell it. And so believe it. Warren Buffett said, if you want to increase your self-worth, your net worth over your lifetime by at least 50%, learn how to communicate on paper and in person. So this is what we're talking about is like, I believe this and then I'm going to do something with it. So the second one is after you believe it and you've claimed it is to be able to share it clearly. We talked about that a little bit, but the clarity utilizing um, your very best language, making sure that you're not nebulous. And, and usually when a book gets muddy or nebulous is when we're trying to please too many people or we're not going deep enough. Even self-help and principle-based books, the ones that hit the readers are where the authors chose to have this deep level of vulnerability, Emery, that you were talking about. And so for, for you to share it clearly so that others can sense and feel that power. And then the third thing is, is really to celebrate others and their stories. Because I find that something happens with authors and I find that they usually end up in one of two categories. They either compare themselves to other authors, other entrepreneurs, other, other folks moving and shaking, or they celebrate. And when I see those who celebrate, I know they're more likely to collaborate, more likely to inspire great ideas, more likely to create great movements. And so if you learn how to celebrate the successes and the stories of others, and then how can I utilize that for a greater impact? You will find you become a great influencer through your story, your power of words, but also your ability to make that ripple. It's so true what you're just saying because there's there's a couple of things that I've noticed about that. And number one is when we do collaborate and we do support one another, the conversations others are having are often complementary to ours. It can validate some of the things that we're talking about and vice versa. But it also gives us or can give us a springboard upon which we can then continue to expand our message for our platform. And I'll give you uh, and I'll give you a, a, an example of what uh, I'm talking about. I recently, it would have been a couple of months ago, actually, time is kind of blurs into when I go, oh, yesterday, and then I realised, hang on a minute, that was a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, so I was listening to a podcast and the, the host and the guest were talking about authenticity and that's something that's so important to me. Why would we want to be fake, you know, in what we're doing or put a mask on? And it was interesting because the guest was saying that, People were even confused about uh, 
finding out where to start with their authenticity. And it was such a good reminder for me because sometimes we just are so involved in, in what we're doing. We know the different things. We assume that others are aware of certain things too. So it was such a great reminder for me to realise that, hang on, people are still struggling with that. And so that enabled me to um, add value to that conversation and then you know, share some more things that I know would then be valuable. And had I not listened or, or or shared, if you will, that particular conversation, it wouldn't have enabled me to realize that. Does that make sense? It does. It yeah. does. You're sharing that energetic ripple that goes out when when we're recognizing and celebrating that in others. Absolutely. Yeah. And whereas, you know, sometimes what we don't want to do, and this again, it goes to the abundance and scarcity mindset. We, we're trying to, you know, um, contain what we're doing because we don't want anyone else in, in that space. There is so much opportunity in this world. And if we can, we can support one person, and that's something that I would love you to speak into too. Now, I often say to people, who is that one person who you want to speak to? And if you're impacting one person, it means you can impact two, four, eight, and the ripple effect that goes on. But so often we want to impact the many. Let's focus. Don't but don't be concerned if it's only a small group because you may, through that, um, support someone who can then go on to, to have that ripple effect for others. And together, uh, we can make a much bigger impact in the world too. It's very difficult to do it on our own. Speak a bit about that because I know so often we get fixated on the numbers. Mm -hmm. Because we want all of us, if we're going to put the time and effort into a book, right? Or, or a, a story on the stage. We want everyone to love it. We want everyone to buy our book. <laughs> and so of course we're thinking, oh, I've got a right to everyone. But I have found that that can create such a muddiness to your message. You know, if you're trying to please your old boss and your mother and uncle Fred and your neighbor and the pastor, all of a sudden you have you have all these voices that you're speaking to instead of one. There is a great power in an intimate message and relationship with one person as your avatar, because all the other voices go away. You can be the most authentic, vulnerable, and clear to that one. And I have some really powerful stories where that has taken effect. I'll share one with you. It's one of my favorites. So when I was working on Shattered Silence, that's the untold story of a serial killer's daughter, um, Melissa is now a producer in LA. She has several of her own television shows. So she's a remarkable woman. Um, but there was a time when she was really stuck in life and didn't know what to do because of her past, her father being imprisoned for the murder of at least eight women. And so, you know, what was she to do? Well, as we were talking, and there's a lot of people who have been really intrigued with her story. But I said, who's that one person that you would like to share this for and to? And she knew immediately. There was a young lady who was the daughter of the Spokane killer. Melissa is the daughter of the Happy Face serial killer. But there was another young woman after um, Melissa's father was found out that that um, discovered that her father was. And the media was just hounding this family. 
And it's such a, a, a horrific thing for the family because nobody thinks that their family member could be doing these things. And Melissa was heart-wrenchingly in pain and agony for this young girl. And she wanted so badly to reach out to her, but she knew at the time that the media would crucify her. So she just, she had to let it go. But she said, I'm writing that to her. So, okay, that's wonderful. We wrote to her, very vulnerable, very raw, very real. That book came out on Oprah, Dr. Phil, CNN, Good Morning America. It is still being used in therapy places worldwide because of the depth and the intimacy and the, the authenticity of what she had to say. And then the further ripple. So here, Melissa is an entrepreneur, a producer, a director, and she creates a, um, a show in LA and it's called The Monster and My Family. You can find it on A&E. So she was doing something that had never been done in Hollywood before. She brought together the families of the victims of serial killers and she brought together the, the families of the perpetrators of, of, you know, these serial killers and, um, and brought them together for the first time to heal. And guess who was one of the first people on her show? That young woman who had grown up to be, um, a, an amazing person in her own right. And I'm watching the show and Melissa has it all together. I'm bawling because I knew the power of that. And that's what I would invite uh, authors and those of you thinking about becoming authors and and more emergent leaders with your stories is is if I could talk to just one person and I want you to think about this too one life how precious is one life and I get a little choked up about it because this is where a lot of people say, if I can just help just one, then, then it will be worth it. And so they move forward and they get their books done. And yeah. then they share with me story after story after story. Uh, we had one where a gentleman texted me just a month ago, and there was a woman who got out of prison and she said, I found your book in prison and it wasn't even supposed to be there. But somehow it ended up in our library and it was on the bunk below mine. And it was when I was trying to figure out how I was going to take my own life. And I saw your picture on the back of the book and I asked if I could borrow it. Your book has saved my life. And this is one of many stories that Jason is receiving. And we have no idea how it got through all those barriers in the, in the prison, but there it was. So again, it comes down to the belief that it will have power. And then you're sending that energy, that ripple out. And uh, I have found, and I'm sure you have too, Anne-Marie, that when we choose to create something to be of service to others, like we're not trying to make a million dollars, you know, that's not a bad thing. But, you know, if that's your bottom line, that's the energy that's going to be your bottom line. But if your bottom line is to serve, I have seen how that opens doors upon doors upon doors for people. That's where I've seen the most miracles happen. You get that one person in mind, you choose to serve them and watch those miracles unfold. It's extraordinary.
Yeah. When we look through the lens of how many people have I impacted today, even if it is just one, you just don't know that how significant. I mean, I love that you share that story. There's, I remember one time I was interviewing someone on my Women in Leadership podcast and I had to do everything that I could to just maintain my composure. I didn't know whether to cry, whether to give her this virtual hug, which I wanted to do all of that. But she was sharing her story, how she had been gang raped multiple times and she had been left uh, for dead on the road. Uh, she'd gotten the healing that she needed through many, many years. Uh, but one of her best friends continued to encourage her, you need to share your story. Eventually, uh, she said, yep, okay, just to shut up her best friend. And I remember <laughs> her sharing the story that at the very first time, it was a women's shelter and everybody, it was not a dry eye in the room when she'd finished, but there was one person who was at the back of the queue and it took her time to get up and she was crying unconsolably. And when that guest said to her, look, everything's going to be all right. She said, you don't know the impact that you'd made on my life. She said, because I'd made a decision that my life wasn't worth it and I was going to take my life today but something drew me, something just drew me to come to listen to you and she said through listening to your story I've made another decision that my life is worth it, there is hope and I'm going to, to take the steps to do that. Now can you imagine if that woman, my guest, had not shared her story, that woman that had made a decision that her life wasn't worth it. And, and let me just say, everybody's life is worth it. You know, there is hope. There is always hope. Um, you know, I think the hope is one of the most important things ever because from there we can find a way to move forward. Imagine all of the stories that have been the hope and possibility, given someone the hope uh, that they needed whilst they were down. I mean, that in in of itself, why wouldn't we want to share that story? Exactly. Why wouldn't we want to have that kind of impact on humankind? Yeah. Oh, Amazing, amazing. So I know we're just about at the end of, uh, but we've got a little bit of time to spend some time in, in considering the vitality or why it's vital to captivate and conspire with your audience for a meaningful win-win-win. I mean, obviously, we've just heard about a win where people's lives have literally been changed and they've made a decision that they were worth it. What are some other things that we need to be mindful of here? Well, one of the things, um, especially when writing nonfiction, you know, when you're writing fiction, the sky's the limit. You can figure out all kinds of juicy interactions between people and, you know, get to the place that you're going in a, in a creative way. When we're working on a story that has to do with ourselves and the people that we're surrounded with, you know, life for entrepreneurs are all about relationships. And there are ways to write that help to heal and to create greater, um, like greater clarity and um, greater power. And there are also ways to write to destroy. And so if you're writing to vindicate or validate yourself, then I would take some time to, to do what I call the deepening because your story probably has a much bigger impact if you will allow it. And vindication and validation will come in your rise for certain. But I also would like to share that, you know, if if your reason for sharing is truly to serve, there are there are a lot of beautiful things that can happen. So one of the things that I always love to say is, are you the same person that that you were five years ago? Everybody's like, no, I'm not even remotely the same. But when we write something in a book, people think it must be true. It's in a book. 
So number one, there is a great responsibility. Think of yourself as Spider-Man, right? You have great responsibility with the power of your pen. And so how could you write in such a way that the deep lessons are there, the truth and the authenticity is there, but also that this greater vision for what is possible is there. I, I wrote a book called The Witness War Red, and that's the one that, that hit New York Times and Wall Street Journal. And it's an extraordinary story of Rebecca Musser, who was, again, the 19th wife of 65 women. And she had a lot to say. <laughs> and there were a lot of things that needed to be said in order to change a culture that at the time that she escaped was about child brides. And it was essentially pedophilia and human trafficking in the name of God. And in order for true impact to be made, number one, she had to tell the truth. Number two, she had to be extremely courageous and vulnerable. And then number three, she needed to have a vision of where she was going to take the reader. What impact, what vision did she have? How could other people come to the table? And that can be in a book and it can also be your expanded presence outside of the book. But to have that bigger vision so people can get involved and be excited and, and have that impact. So, um, you know, Anne Lamott says, that if someone didn't want you to write them in a book, then you should have behaved better. <laughs> so there are some people on the planet that should have behaved better. But I also invite you to see things from a higher perspective as well as long-term, because books can be evergreen now. Um, what would you like your children to know, your children's children, your children's children's children? There are some books like Think and Grow Rich and other books that have been around for close to a century now and are still making a huge impact on the world. And part of that was the foresight that went into writing it. Again, not just an expensive business card, not just a credibility builder, a legacy builder. That's the difference. And it can be extraordinary. Yeah, it all goes back to that motive matters, doesn't it? And the real motive that has a legacy principle behind it is one that really can leave incredible footprints uh, for others to, to follow. I remember years ago after what I call my world, uh, my worst business failure ever, which, by the way, has now become the best thing that ever happened to me because it was the Ooh. kick of the I needed. You know, I remember that was the very first time that I hired the most expensive coach to support me. And, and one of my close colleagues could see the difference in me. And she said to me, uh, my colleague, I'd love for you to share what you've, you know, your experience to my audience, because I think that there's some real lessons in that. And I remember speaking to my coach and she said, just hold off. And this goes back to what you were saying. Um, you know, are you ready to share that yet? And, and my coach then said, hold off, because there's still some learnings and there's still lessons that when you add that to your story is going to make a much bigger impact. And it was true. And I'm glad I waited. And my friend uh, said, you know, she, she gladly waited as well. But for some people, the story is still in its evolution, isn't it? And so write it down, but write it in a journal, not out in public yet, because when you go through that, that next evolution and the evolution of learnings uh, from that, you know, like we talk about motive, from that legacy place or space is going to impact so many more people than if you were to share your story too early. I love that you've shared 
and reminded us. So get it down on paper because some of those lessons are being birthed in you right now, but where it will end up is going to be far greater than if you were to share your story right now. Mm-hmm. And the first time I always say, right, the first time for you, for you to figure out what it is that you have to say, for you to figure out what you learned most and greatest. And then the magic is in the rewrite. When you go back to serve your avatar and you rewrite and you rewrite, all of a sudden you have an extraordinary book with so much greater impact because it is, it's about the legacy. Fantastic. If people want to find out more about you, your wonderful work, what's the best way for them to do that? Oh, thank you for asking. I love people and stories. So the best place is to go to yourinspiredstory.com. And uh, we have all kinds of information there, including free resources, uh, Author Unleashed, Crushing Your Fear, and Author Unleashed, Going Pro. I also do inspired writers retreats throughout um, the year in the United States and also in Ireland. And I'd love to see you on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn. Fantastic. Look, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insights with us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a great honor and you are a pleasure. This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.